today. I don't know if there's a the flu or what's going around, but it's a it's a making its round. Brother James, I appreciate that testimony. Uh, tonight you just you just kind of sealed what God had already put in my heart a little earlier. Had this morning a whole different idea of what I was going to preach. And today God just kind of churned, changed my mind on that. But you just kind of given a confirming note. You know, God doesn't have to do that, but I'm sure I'm glad He does. Take your Bible, Matthew chapter number 10. If you find your place, let's all stand together. Amen. Thank you for those of you that moved up. I appreciate that. That helps me and it'll help you as well. All right. Verse number 25. Let's start verse 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant be as his Lord. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, that means chief demon, how much more shall they call them of his household? Now here's where we're going to begin the message that God's put in my heart. Notice what he says. If you, if you, mark, if you are accustomed to marking your Bible, you want to highlight certain parts of this. And the first three words there in verse 26, what are they? Fear them not. Fear them not. Therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Notice verse number 28. What's the first four verses there? And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows so far farther than one of them should not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now watch the next four verses of verse 31. Fear ye not therefore. Fear ye not therefore. Ye are more valuable than many sparrows. The help of God I want to preach on. His eyes are on the sparrows. All right. Amen. Brother Watts, how about you praying? Amen. You'll be seated. Jesus repeats himself three times in this passage. Don't be afraid, verse 26. Don't be afraid, verse 28. And don't be afraid in verse 31. We live in a very fearful day, do we not? As a matter of fact, you'll not meet many people that some way or another are fearful about a lot of things. And, however, it's not hard to trace the argument of these verses. First, he says, I don't want you to be afraid because truth will prevail. I like that. He said this, what's hidden will be revealed. What's spoken in secret will be shouted from the housetop. And every evil deed will be exposed in the light of God's blazing truth. Don't miss this. In the end, 
Every wicked evildoer will be a crying for God to bring the rocks down and hide them in the great day of judgment. No one's going to be able to hide. Second thing he said, I like this. He said, you don't have no reason to be afraid because God is greater than anything a man can do. Oh, now, this sounds terrible, but if we sit in light of the Word of God, all this world can do is kill us. You say, boy, preacher, that's, that's morbid. No, because the truth of the matter is, that's the worst thing to do. What fear, why fear men whose power ends at the grave? Praise God, he said this. He said, it's better fear the Lord who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Amen. I want you to know the worst this world can do is kill us. But praise God, I like what one fellow said, you're not going to threaten me with heaven. Amen. So if you're saved, you're saved, we're going to heaven one day. Amen. So death should not be something that we fear or shy away from. And the third thing, and this is really where the message is tonight, we don't need to be afraid because God cares about us. How many of you saw a bird fall out of a tree today? He did. How many of you know how many birds fell out of a tree today? He does. How many of you took notice of that bird that fell out of the tree last week? He did. And tonight, what a blessing it is to understand we serve a God who cares about us. And you say, but preacher, is it that simple? Well, I understand the wolves are everywhere. Don't miss this. The Bible says in this same passage, he sends a sheep among the wolves. I, I've been working on a message and hadn't got it really down in my own, my own heart yet. Because I'll be honest with you, the Bible says he sends sheep among the wolves. Last I checked, wolves eat sheep. And I'm trying to figure out why he would send me and to turn into lamb chops for a wolf. Amen. And, but the Bible says he sends us as sheep among the wolves. So I'm still working on that one a little bit. But I do know this much. In the midst of it all, he cares for his sheep. Amen. And he cares about us. And the, the headlines today, if you watch much news, if you see much world news, man, it, it paints a grim picture. This week, just this was, this was written. ISIS tortured hostages before beheading them. China cracks down on Christianity because China right now is having revival. And they're not knowing what to do about it. China's trying to crack because China is having a revival. The criminalization of Christianity is here. 
I like FBI warns of security threats, long wolf terrorism. And boy, this is this is a shocking one. ISIS training newborns and children to kill. They're starting them when they're babies, training them to kill. And then the last, what's going to happen when the U.S. dollar collapses? But I like this. In verse 29, in the midst of all that's going on around us, and all the fears that God's people have, I want to give you three things tonight to encourage your heart. Number one, God cares about the things we don't. In Matthew 10, 29, the Bible says, Are there not two sparrows so far a farthing, and one of them should not fall on the ground without your father? If you'll check your Bible dictionary, you'll find the sparrows, the humblest birds in, the, in Bible times. As a matter of fact, whenever the poorest people when they could not afford a lamb or a, or, or, or a calf or, or something to sacrifice, anybody could go out and catch two sparrows. And you could bring sparrows as an offering unto God. As a matter of fact, you could buy two sparrows for about a penny. As a matter of fact, you could buy a whole bunch of sparrows for a dollar bill. And you, you could eat spare a casserole for a long time. And, and don't laugh at it. India, they hunt sparrows and eat them. And they say that's better than chicken. I don't know about that. But as I read this, I always thought Jesus was saying that God watches the sparrows when they fall and and I've read that passage and said, boy, and that's something. God's mindful of the sparrows when they fall. But it's much more than that. Not only does God see the sparrows when they fall, but don't miss this. Sparrows cannot fall if God doesn't will them to fall. Notice what he said. And one of them should not fall on the ground without your father. Here's what he's saying. He said, not only am I seeing the sparrows, but he said, I'm in control of when they fall out of the trees. And you say, but preacher, I, that don't mean anything to me. What's it, what's, what's a, what telling us that? He's telling us this. Number one, sparrows do fall. And here's what he's saying. You say, but preacher, what's the truth there for us tonight? He's saying this. There are going to be times of trouble. There are going to be trials in our life. And they're going to come. And they come to all of us. Sooner or later, troubles and trials come to every, every one of God's children. What happens to those in the world many times as far as this old world and those robed in a body of flesh? Can I say this? They get sick, we get sick too. world loses its job, we lose our jobs too. We, we get ripped off, they get ripped off, we get ripped off too. They get cancer. Hey, by the way, we get cancer too. They die. By the way, Christians die too. And so what we need to understand tonight is that all of us will have, the Bible says God reigns on the just 
and on the unjust. And the Bible says man's born a woman a few days and full of trouble. But I love this. Not only do sparrows do fall, but notice sparrows fall according to God's will. All things that take place happen according to the will of God. Everything, and all of we could get a hold of this, everything in our universe will ultimately fit God's universal divine plan. Everything will ultimately fit His plan. I, I was listening just this past week and, uh, of a preacher and, and uh, Brother Joey was shared with me. And, I mean, he had, he had this friend and the man um, lost everything. He, he lost his job. He, uh, somebody, I think, stole his identity. Uh, he, he, his, one of his children was put in prison. I mean, it just went on and on. It was horrendous. And the preacher asked him, said, how in the world are you doing? And this is what he said. He said, I have found God to be more real in my life than I have ever seen. And I have come to the conclusion He's in control of it all. Tonight, church, do we know God's in control? Amen. Amen. There is not anything that happens that doesn't happen because He wants it to. And here's what we got to understand. God cares about those things that many times we don't care about. We're not, I, I, haven't, I haven't drove down the road this week saying, man, I hope I get to see a sparrow fall. Hope I see a bird fall. I want to fall a couple of them from messing on my car, if you know what I mean. Amen. I want to help a few of them. I want to help a few of them fall. I wash my car, and I think there's a bullseye on it. And every time I get done washing it, they want to help themselves. And just drives me nuts. And so, I, but, but I've not went this week and said, Boy, I'm looking for a sparrow. But I'll tell you this much. Those those things all through our life. And if we're, if we're sensitive enough to it, and if we can just see it. See, I, I believe that God works in every detail of our lives. We just don't see it because we're not looking for it. Here was, and God cares about the things we don't. Second reason why we should not be fearful. God cares about the tiniest details. Now I want you to understand something. I'm not a detailed kind of person. What I mean is, you know, you ever, you ever been around somebody and they start to tell you a story? And they say, now listen, uh, boy, let me tell you what happened. I got up 
and I put one leg in one side of my breeches and another leg in, and I tied one shoe, and then I tied the other shoe, and you know, and, and then bless God, I walked five feet, and, and, and I drank a, I got me a cup out of the cupboard, and I filled it full of water, and I brought it up to my lips. By that time, I'm going to say, Stop! Just cut to the chase. Tell me the story. I, I'm not in, I don't, I don't really, I, I, please don't boo me out. I really don't care about details. Just get to the story. But you know what? God cares about the details. Listen to what he said. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Have you ever tried counting the hairs on your head? How many hairs do you think is on your head? (laughs) He just got ahead of you. That's the only reason. Amen. You was a little slow tonight. That's the only reason. Do you know how many hairs is on your head? The average man has 100,000 hairs on his head. The average lady has between 125 to 150,000 hairs on her head. What's interesting, and, and this, is, this, this is interesting to me, may not be interesting to you, but um, different co- blondes have more hair on their head, 140. Thousand brunettes, pure brunette. Now, I'm not talking about this dyed junk. I'm not talking about this hypocrite hair color. I'm talking about the real you. If you're a brunette, you got about 110,000 hairs on your head. If you are a redhead, you've got about 90,000 hairs on your head. Isn't it amazing? Now, my my boy, my hair's thin. When I was young, I had a head of hair. I'm telling you, I had a head of hair. But it's not there no more. So let's just be in hypothetical. It's probably 75,000. Darlene's got 75,000. It's thin, thin, thin. Okay, Elijah, he's got good hair. He may not be worth shit, but he's got good hair. So that's 125,000 on his. So that's, that's 275,000. She's got, that's 375,000. Connie's got a good head of hair. That's 475,000. Jason, about 50,000. Anyway, we'll move on. It's a little thin there too. You know what? And just my family sitting here, and that ain't counting Caleb back there or Jessica. I want you to know, we could in my family about 600 to 700,000 hairs in our head. And God counts every single one of them. So what is the issue that you don't believe God can help you with? What's that issue that you don't think God cares about with you? What is that little thing that you don't believe 
God cares about. I'm telling you, He cares. See, we lose, we lose about a hundred hairs a day. Some lose more than that. And hair number 523 fell out. I have never picked up a hair and said, my soul, there's 754. I'm sure going to miss that one. But you know what? I got a God in heaven. I said, I got a God in heaven. I said, I got a God in heaven. That said, hair number 754. I got you counted. My soul how much we walk around with our chin in our shorts. We, 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 we're worried. We're fearful. We're scared. We're worried about everything in the world. And God said, I care about the hairs on your head. I don't care if you don't have but two back there, Michael. God cares about that one. Amen. God cares about that one. God cares. About those tiny things. I'm amazed. If God cares. About the things that matter so little. Then I'm going to ask you a question. How much do you think he cares. About those things. That matter much more. God knows every strand of hair. Of every individual. He knows us individually. As well. Oh Charles Spurgeon. He illustrated this thought in a life of Joseph. And he points out a chain of circumstances. And and it's amazing just how everything had to be in place. That let me it's amazing how that God does that thing, these chains of of, uh, circumstances. Why did Jacob Want to send Joseph. Why were Joseph's brothers in a particular day in a different location? Why did the Ishmaelites come along at that moment? Why were they in the mood to buy a slave? Why did Potiphar purchase Joseph? Why did his wife like Joseph? Why were the baker and the cupbearer in the prison at that certain time? Why couldn't Pharaoh remember his dreams? Why did the cupbearer forget Joseph and let him remember him? I mean, the circumstances are absolutely amazing when you stop and think how God puts everything together. And he cares about the tiniest, littlest things in my life and in yours. It is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. Dr. Mark Bailey, president of the seminary, told the story of how they were going to build a building. And um, they need money to get started. And a couple that had never given seminary anything, gave a million-dollar gift. When construction problems arose and they couldn't 
move forward. This same people came up and gave another million dollar gift. And literally thousands of just just brought off the and it finally got the building done. And he was telling him how this building was built. And he was sharing with him how that people gave millions and thousands and the buildings were paid for. But he had a preacher friend with him one day. And he drove into a parking lot and he, in a restaurant. And he stopped and he, as he turned in the road and said, Lord, we need a parking place up front. And a preacher with him said he just stopped the car. And in a few minutes, the, re, the, the backup lights turned on on a car right beside the door and backed out. And Mr. Bailey, preacher Bailey said, well, thank you, Lord, that was my parking place. Now you say, that's just plain silly. God doesn't do that. He might do that. If you believe he would do that. He might just do that for you. He might do a whole lot of things for you. If we just believe that he cares about the tiniest things in our life. I was thinking about this this week. And... We've got a lot of new folks. I I was thinking about this building. One deacon's meeting, we tried everything we could to build down here. I parked the land and it didn't park. It didn't do nothing. We tried everything we could. Finally, one deacon's meeting, one of our men said, Preacher, we just need to buy five acres of land and build. The very next service, this property here had been sitting and they had put a sign up, five acres for sale. But the, the, the weeds had grown up and he couldn't see the sign. In that day, God sent a wind through and blew away, the, 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 blew over the weeds that was hiding the sign. And that day, a deacon drove by, saw the sign, come in and said, Preacher, it's five acres of land right up the road here for sale. I said, no, I drive it every day. I had never seen no sign. He said, the wind was a-blowing, and it blew it just at, at just the right time. And it blew the, the, the weeds over, and that is, preacher, five acres. Now, you don't understand something. You don't move Baptist very far. How many understand that? Some of you won't move at all, but you don't move back this far. And I said, well, my soul. I come up here and met with this woman. She's, she wasn't a very sweet woman anyway, but she said, I want $75,000 for it, and I ain't taking a dime less. I said, we'll buy it. 
It was amazing. Click, 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 click. You say, well, what's the big deal? Isn't it amazing that the wind, God sent a wind to blow the weeds out of the way at exactly the right time that we could get this property. I'm telling you, God wants to do that all the time. All the time. My goodness. What, what, what a blessing that is. Spurgeon said this. Blessed is the man that seeth God in the trifles. What a positive insight that is. And last of all, reason number three. Number one, God cares about things we don't. God does care about you. God cares about the tiniest details in our life. You are not an accident. You didn't just happen to be here tonight. You didn't just happen to come by this way. See, God knows for every person that's here that tiny thing you need. Why? It's not important to nobody else. It's not important to nobody else, but it's important to you. Let me, let me tell you how, how, how I've shared this story many times. But I want to share it again. So you act like you heard it for the first time. Say amen right there. Amen. I had this black boy working for me. And uh, I mean, he's just about as black as you get. And one of the ladies come up to me and she said, she said, boss, she said, Chris hadn't eaten anything. He's hungry. He can't work hardly because he's so hungry. I had a bologna sandwich and, and a little Debbie cake and enough money to buy me a drink for lunch. And God knows my heart. That's every cent in the world I have. I, I called one of them. I said, Chris, come and see me. Come here. Then my officer said, here, here's this sandwich. Here's this, here's this uh, uh, cake. And here's you some money. Go in the break room and, and you eat because uh, we got work to do today and you can't eat being hungry. And trust me, here was my thinking. It'd be a good day to fast. I know it's going to be hard for you to believe as thin as I am, but I could probably do without a meal. Amen. Just like some of you could do without a meal. It'd be okay. I thought it would be a great day to fast. The man, while I'm doing that, my color man upstairs, spraying furniture, here's this quote what he said. He said, you know, I've never took Mr. Steins out for lunch. I think today I'm going to take him out to lunch. He walks downstairs. He says, you know, I got to thinking, I have never taken you out to lunch. And I, I just, would you be interested in going to lunch? I said, thank you, Lord, we'll fast tomorrow. Amen, where you want to go? <laughs> Hallelujah. I felt the Lord didn't want me to fast that day. You know why? Because God cares about the tiniest details. Of your life. 
number three, God cares about us when troubles come. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more valuable than many sparrows. Here's the heart of the whole matter. The sparrows were so little, yet God cares about every one of them. But you're worth more than a sparrow. How do I know this? Because God said, you're worth more than sparrows. Number two, Jesus didn't die for the sparrows. He died for you, and he died for me. And his blood is a badge of his love and a proof of an everlasting affection. So what this truth ought to do for you and I tonight is this. Three things. I'm done. Number one, it ought to give us a boldness in a time of trouble. If God's for us, who can be against us? Second, it should give us confidence in those moments of life when you're confused, unclear, uncertain, and undecided. We all have a whole lot more questions than we have answers. And a whole lot of life sometimes is like the fog that comes up on this river. Some mornings all come through and there'll be such a fog you can't see from one side of the bridge to the other. But you know what? God sees through the fog. And in those times of uncertainty, it'll give you an eye of confidence. I can't see through the fog right now, but just in a little while, that S-O-N is going to come out and it'll lift up and burn off all the fog. And you'll see clearly what God wants to do. Number three, it should give us hope in a time of sorrow. I thought about this family that lost life winds just, just a week ago. And how the tears have flown for those family. Not just one family, three families. Young lady that lost a life. The young man that lost a life. And the young man that's in prison that's lost his life. How that the tears have flown, flowed for all of those. And my, how, what a time of sorrow. And yet, and yet, God says it'll give us hope in those times of sorrow. And so God does something along. I, I love this story. And I, I wished I had my voices a lot better. If I could, I might even sing it. In 1871, a great fire destroyed much of the city of Chicago. Killed 3,000 people and left 100,000 homeless. A Chicago lawyer named Horatio Spafford lost part of his fortune in the fire. He was a Christian and associate of the great evangelist D.L. Moody. After spending several years rebuilding his fortune, I said, Spafford, yeah. And helped those who lost he, after spending several years rebuilding his fortune, and helping those who lost everything in the fire, Mr. Spafford resolved to take his wife and children back to England. 
where he could accompany Mr. Moody and Mr. Sankey on their great evangelistic crusade. After purchasing a ticket on a luxury liner to set sail, Mr. Spafford was unable to go because of some unfinished business in Chicago. So he put his wife, Anna, and her four children, Maggie, Tanita, Annie, and Bessie, on the ocean liner. He said, I'll meet you in England. November the 21st, an English sailing vessel struck the luxury liner, and it sunk in 12 minutes. Hundreds were lost, only 47 survivors. In the chaos of the sinking ship, all of Mr. Spafford's daughters drowned. Rescuers found Anna Spafford clinging to some wreckage. She was taken to Wales, and she cabled the news to her husband, saved alone. It's the two words she said. Brokenhearted, Mr. Spafford purchased a ticket. He left Chicago, uh, next ship leaving New York, going to Chicago. At one point, the captain called Mr. Spafford to his cabin and told him, according to my charts, the ship was passing over the spot where his daughters were drowned. Mr. Spafford went back to his cabin and wrote this poem. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, lest this blessed assurance control. Thou Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and shed his blood for my soul. Many believe he was thinking about his daughters when he penned this final verse. And Lord, haste the day when thy faith shall be sought and the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trumpet shall resound, the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. How in the world could this man do this? He was a man that had learned that God, he was on the solid rock of God's providence. And even though he didn't understand it, he said God does all things well. His eyes are on the sparrow. And it is well with my soul. I'm so thankful tonight we serve a God that knows all things. 
tonight as we go to our jobs, we have to live in this world till Jesus comes or takes us out. Let's fix our eyes on him. Just fix our eyes on him and say, if he keeps his eyes, if his eyes is on the sparrow, then his eyes on us as well. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, and every eye